Israel's capital of Jerusalem is the scene of often bitter contest between Jews and Muslims, especially around the holy sites of the Wailing Wall and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It's also the birthplace, of course, of Christianity. About four million pilgrims visit each year. At Easter, many walk the Via Dolorosa, which, as you'll hear, is a very special stretch of road. In recent months, though, pilgrims have come under increasing harassment, even attack. Francis Martin of the Church Times was in Israel and tells us what he saw on a recent visit. The Via Dolorosa is the route that Christ is believed to have taken on his way to his crucifixion. The Stations of the Cross, which one finds in churches around the world, are really a reflection of this very route. You walk the stations, but they have that huge added significance to Christians because rather than just being a point at which one might remember a particular incident, Jesus falling down with the cross, for example, this is the point at which it's believed to have happened. Of course, whether it exactly happened at the exact spot is hard to say, but certainly the possibility that it did. And it is, of course, the site that draws pilgrims in the millions. I mean, just how important is it to Israel? Well, indeed, I mean, four million Christian pilgrims visit Jerusalem every year. A lot of them, if not most of them, will walk the Via Dolorosa either on their own or in organised groups. It's very, very common. And it tends to be fairly conspicuous as well, carrying a a large-ish cross. Christian visitors is, of course, incredibly important to the life of Jerusalem and the economy of Jerusalem as well, of course. So how serious have these attacks become? It's very hard to say exactly how serious they are. There's a whole plethora of different types of actions. The action that I witnessed and is becoming increasingly common is spitting. What will happen is often youth will spit towards or at the feet of Christians walking through the old town, either on the Via Dolorosa or perhaps just a a monk or some other sort of visible Christian who is walking through the city. But there's also been vandalism and graffiti, stones thrown at monasteries. But it's also the number of these incidents which is causing particular concern. There is a perception that the more that this happens, the more that it can creep up, the more that it becomes normalised. And things in Jerusalem tend to escalate. That's our experience from centuries. Christians have been relatively at peace within Jerusalem over recent decades. Jerusalem itself has not been at peace, but Christians have been largely periphery to the tensions that have been going on in the city. That looks like it could be changing. And I think that's what's causing some serious alarm, not just within Christian communities, but within Jewish communities as well within Israel. Spitting is a very unpleasant thing. It's terribly disrespectful and it's uh, very unwelcoming. But of course, it's not really harmful physically. But you did say that violence has ramped up. I mean, where are these stones being thrown, for example? Earlier in this year, there were several instances of stones being thrown, other projectiles being thrown, bottles, rubbish, and shoes in one case, towards kind of Christian buildings or at Christian buildings. There hasn't been a sort of out-and-out attack on a Christian, but there is a feeling that this could happen next. Obviously, when things are being thrown, there is a higher risk that someone gets in the way, that things escalate, that someone responds. So the whole fabric of this situation 
is causing serious alarm for that reason. And what about the desecration of cemeteries? Because that really does have a quite incendiary potential. Yes, there was a very high profile instance early in the year in which about 30 graves in the Anglican cemetery on Mount Zion, just outside of the uh, city walls, were desecrated. Two Jewish teenagers uh, who, from the garb that you can see them wearing, are likely to be from settlements in the West Bank, were indicted for that. And we're still awaiting confirmation of what's happened from a legal perspective. But again, that kind of desecration adds to this febrile sense of Christians feeling under attack and vulnerable. You mentioned on this occasion the youths were wearing the clothes of the Israeli settlers. I mean, do we know what justification they're using to justify their behaviour? This is a very difficult, sensitive topic. Most of the spitting incidents seem to be perpetrated by members of Haredi communities, ultra-Orthodox communities, from their garb. The justification that some have given when challenged relate to historic persecution of Jews by Christians, which, of course, there is a very long history and a a very dark history of anti-Semitism within Christianity. This tends to be the excuse that is given or the rationale that is given, but also a, a more general get out of our area. This is our place now. You're not welcome here. It's the undertone of, of some of the comments being made. And it's important to note here that such sentiments have been quite clearly disavowed by the leadership of various Haredi Jewish groups. This isn't an official position from any group within or any formal grouping within those communities, but it's something that's happening on the ground. Well, as your report points out, both the Orthodox leaders from the Ashkenazi and Sephardic communities have very strongly condemned these attacks. But is there any relationship, Francis, between this recent outbreak of aggression, harassment, even violence, and the current government in Israel? There is, I think, a general acceptance that's likely to be the case. The current government has representation within the coalition from ultra-Orthodox parties, to an extent never seen before in any Israeli government. So there is a sense amongst many, including a rabbi I spoke to, that the ultra-Orthodox community can feel emboldened by the actions of this government and feel that they are enabled to do this. Now, obviously, as you pointed out, this isn't an official position by any stretch, but it adds to this sort of fabric of the situation that these actions will go unpunished and are justified. Just finally, Francis, there is a vanishingly small community of Christians in Israel and Palestine now, at least Christians from those traditional Catholic and Eastern Orthodox traditions. I know there's been an influx of some North American Protestants uh, into Israel in recent years, but Israel is still that holiest of place for Christians. Can the Israeli government afford to let the situation go unaddressed? So far, there doesn't seem to be any particular energy for doing so amongst the government. The police have prosecuted some of these cases. I mean, they are difficult cases to prosecute often. I think for when it comes to the Christian population living there, they particularly struggle, particularly the Palestinian Christian population, who face persecution and discrimination on several fronts. They are 
hear kind of often being ignored, even in this narrative that we're talking about today. And I think it's worth drawing attention to the fact there is a significant, though very small, but a significant indigenous Christian population of Palestinians who need to be protected as well, as well as the tourists and those from Western countries who seem to be bearing the brunt of these higher profile harassment. But I think there is a sense that there is a lot of harassment has been going on for a long time underneath that as well. Francis Martin of the Church Times in Britain. And that is the show for this week. You can find us at ABC Listen. Thanks to Anita Barrow, I'm Andrew West. Join us again for the Religion and Ethics Report. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.